Hey, have you ever wanted to create your own podcast and share your own light bulb moments with the world? If so, now is the perfect time to do so because audio is the future of the internet and Anchor is a perfect place to do it. So Anchor is a podcasting platform you can find at anchor.fm and it's what we use to create the Lightbulb Moment podcast. So Anchor is amazing because first of all, it's completely free to use. Yep, completely free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So I've used Anchor to record with other guests on a mobile app, and you can also edit on your computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you across so many platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other major podcast streaming sites. So you don't have to set up individual accounts and try to distribute to all of those places. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum subscribers needed. And it's basically everything you need to record, edit, and publish your podcast in one place all for free. So I highly encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good luck. Hi there, I'm Genika Pinnam. And I'm Varika Pinnam. We're sisters and the co-founders of Ida. Ida is the place for women entrepreneurs to get the tips, resources, and tools to build their businesses. And we have a powerful app that is like Siri for your business. You can track your business goals, milestones, and it tells you which step to take next for your particular business. You can check that out on thinkida.com. On this podcast, we address how you can ideate, decide, and act on the topics we discuss in each episode and apply them to your own business. So if you are a woman with your own business or aspiring to be an entrepreneur but wondering where to go and how to get started, you've come to the right place. Now let's dive in. All right, welcome back to the Ida podcast. And today we have Margarita, who's a community strategist and founder at Fairforce. So Margarita, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's so good to talk to you again. So I met Margarita through some workshop that we both attended and we had a really good conversation. So I invited her to come on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's really like a big pleasure to be here. And yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And I am super excited about Fairforce and I already love the way it looks. But I know right before we started, you were mentioning that you have a lot going on and a lot in the work. So I want our listeners to get some background about you. So can you start with telling us what is Fairforce and how did you come across it? And like, what's your background? Definitely. So um, for those who are um, getting to know myself, uh, first, I'm Margherita and I'm an Italian based in Berlin. I moved to Berlin around six years ago and I'm currently working as a community strategist and specifically helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs to grow their business organically through community building and engagement strategies. So um, I, I started Fairforce um, as a consultant, as a diversity and inclusion consultant, and I was working as a project coordinator in HR for a company, and I helped them build their diversity committee. Um, however, um, they didn't really want to formalize my role, and so I decided to quit and offer my service as an independent professional. Um, and when I started to get into, um, startup, early stage venture and, um, have a conversation with them about diversity and inclusion, 
they were pretty resistant to the whole like work and so i kind of realized that um it um i i couldn't really see myself work uh, in an environment that didn't really cooperate towards actual change mm-hmm. and so um i decided to basically bring my vision for impact to a broader level and i realized that community activism and community values are um really what resonate with my zone of genius and space for big transformative potential And so um around last summer I pivoted and started to formalize my role as a community specialist. I've been working in community spaces and projects for the past 5 years a bit more informally. And now I basically help purpose-driven entrepreneurs scale their mission through the power of community. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I can totally um sense the passion in your voice. So you're definitely in your zone of genius. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I love that you said that for listeners who don't know, like maybe you've heard that term like tossed around but you're not really sure um what it is. So, I would really recommend a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks if you want to know all about working in your zone of genius and things like that. But yeah, Margaret, it seems like you pivoted in your career and that's awesome and kudos to you for like being able to take that step. Um so it was a journey um it didn't really i didn't really switch career from one day to another mm-hmm. um it was quite like a slow process especially because i always worked uh other let's say day job on the side yeah. but um what like i have to say that bringing people together around um common topics or shared interests especially uh, for women was always something that came very spontaneously to me and then i started to realize that this wasn't the case for everybody you know i'm like well if i can do it i'm sure that this is nothing special about what i can do i mean everyone can do it and and i mean and then i end up realizing that there were people actually struggling with that and so i w- i was um starting to really find myself in conversations and meetings where i kind of realized well i'm actually consulting them and then i kind of felt well probably this can become um a whole project um or business idea and so i started to reach out to some um again early stage ventures and startups and because community was also a very like it started to be a value um that more and more companies um started to look at more seriously and um realizing its potential and so i tried to approach those companies that were specifically community driven and um you know kind of like suggest or pitch my help and it was very well uh received and so we very organically started to work together and i realized that it worked very fast and it could have a lot of potential and now i am in the process to strengthen this project that started more like as a you know a test and it worked well and so now i'm like okay let me just pull things together and see how i can myself scale the business project that's awesome and yeah talking about the business project i'd love for our listeners to get more info on like what you do at fairforce i think it's super relevant to what we do at ida too so i'd love more info on that 
Totally. So um, the first thing that I do more uh, concrete on a concrete level um, is I help um, brands, companies and business owners to strengthen their communication and content strategy for the specific purpose of building communities. So most of them come from a very traditional marketing background or strategy mm -hmm. when it comes to grow their business. And I'm trying to offer them a different picture of, first of all, their audience and audience in general, like people and buyers and consumers become are becoming more and more demanding towards brands. They really want to have... Um, a whole experience when they buy or they use their services and mm -hmm. they it's not enough to just hard sell an, an offer or a product it's really important that brands start to understand that they need to do a whole advocacy work for the people they're serving and this is basically community and so what i do is um helping brands and companies grow organically through community building strategies and it's basically shifting their audience uh, or their quiet audience into um, an engaged community through the power of communication or a specific way to talk to them um, <clears throat> or to, um, yeah, like um, display certain values that they have or uh, involve them more closely to the co-creation process of either the service or the product. And so I help them see their audience in a different way and also mm -hmm. help them um, shift into a, a business or brand identity where really like customers and people view the business in a different lens that is um, more relatable, more um, authentic. And so they build a sense of trust and will eventually lead this audience to become community members and so then um, buyers or customers. Yeah, absolutely. And I would love for you to be able to share some strategies with our listeners because I think um, like last time we talked, we were talking about how a lot of people believe that only big brands can build community because they have a large audience, but I know that you're able to help even small brands build community. So do you have any actionable tips that our listeners can take away, like maybe three strategies that they can use to build community? Um, some of those things that you recommend to your clients. Absolutely. So first of all, I want to say that uh, small brands are actually the best spaces for community building because they're starting new with their own mission or business and they have a lot of work to do um, um, to grow their audience and gain their trust. So community building is basically their um, go-to strategy to really um, build this trust and create meaningful connection and spread awareness around what they do. Um, my three top strategy um, strategies are definitely try to um, approach their ideal clients or ideal audience or existing audience on a very one-on-one um, level. So try to jump on a coffee chat with at least 10 to 20 of this ideal clients or the most engaged um, users or, you know, consumers and really try to establish a very authentic and um, personal relationship with them and showing a genuine interest in who they are, what they do, what they struggle with. Because um, 
when it comes to building a brand through community building strategies, it really means to build this community one person at a time. And I know this may sound very time and energy consuming, but it really, really pays off because then it really creates a cascade effect where um, mm-hmm. people refer, then people start to be actual ambassadors and it really works well in terms of words of mouth. The other strategy is to be very strong with um, a newsletter strategy. I know that nowadays everyone is on social media, but social media is becoming more and more overcrowded and it's difficult to stand out. And so many people are now deciding to go back to basics. So emails, highly curated, personal, empathetic um, email that really offer niche topics and high, um, highly curated value. So and newsletter are newsletters are a very great approach when it comes to really establish this sense of intimacy and safety and trust with um, a specific audience. So I would go very much into that direction. Um, and I think the third strategy is really to try to create as much interactive opportunity as possible either through social media for example instagram works really well with stories or other features of stories or reels that really show faces or um, allow people to really show up more personally or um, through strategies like hosting events um, webinars or creating you know like a podcast that um give people a sense of experience, a really embodied experience of who is behind the brand and how or what do they can do to actually reach out to the people behind the brand or have something to do with them. Yeah, that's amazing. And as someone who loves to like execute on things, I love that you were able to give like three actionable strategies for our listeners. And it makes me feel better about how we're building community at Ida because these are things that I've been super passionate about since day one, just because I love having one-on-one conversations like this. And, you know, having those coffee chats is super important. As you said, many people shy away from it because it's like so time consuming, but you don't have to do it with everyone. Like you said, Margarita, just doing like 10 to 20 sets off like a cascade effect. So I think that's super powerful. Absolutely, especially at the beginning, of course, 10 to 20 may sound like very little amount of people, but... Mm -hmm. Um, in a perspective, in a community first um, or community driven brand strategy, really uh, quant- quality gets over quantity. And um, it's really important to especially test and try and connect with a smaller group of people and then basically fine tuning the approach for the next cohort, for example. So um, it, it it feels like, oh my God, this is too small. This number is really low. We're not going to grow. We're not going to be there soon. And I'm like, sure, because community-driven growth is very organic. And people that run businesses with a community-first mindset, they realize that um, community-driven strategies for growth need a, be- a different approach than, you know, traditional marketing strategy ones, which are not bad. It's just different. And they, they need to just be um, together in a comprehensive framework where they can support each other, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really important point you make is like, it's a slower growth, but it actually pays off in the long run. So Um, We started our podcast and newsletter around the same time, which was last year around in the summertime. 
And now we actually switched to a weekly newsletter cadence. It used to be, um, you know, bi-monthly before, but we switched because we noticed that we were actually getting a lot of interest in the newsletter and people were reading it and finding it helpful. So it's definitely like a slower growth, but it's super important because then you start being seen as like the expert in your field or like someone that people can trust and um, go towards for the advice they need for their business, for example, in Ida's case, or even if you're selling like products, um, sometimes people think that if you're selling a product, you can't really have a newsletter and stuff other than to sell, right? But you can totally have tips about how to use the product or tips about how to shop in that industry in general and things like that, that offer value to your customer. Absolutely. And this is um, usually what I advise my clients about is like, it doesn't matter what you're offering or what is your Mm -hmm. product. It really matters to think beyond your product and think about, okay, who are the people that are either buying or interested in the product and what is their experience beyond the consumption experience and then they're able to broaden their um, content cluster and they understand that hey we sell you know I don't know um, notebooks but then we know that our audience um, loves writing or loves taking notes or love um, stationery and so why um, don't we, you know, kind of create a whole um, sense of community around this shared topics and content. And um, then is where clients and brands and companies start to shift uh, their audience into an actual sense of community, um, fostering this feeling of belonging because they were like, okay, we do care about this top topics as well and you do too so we can care about this together and actually become a community so this is usually the kind of shift that I try to um, teach or advise my clients about and it's really really transformative for their um, visibility strategy yeah that's amazing and super actionable so for people that are listening you can no matter what you're selling you can go and like draw up your community strategy right now of how can you serve people beyond just selling your product think about their other lifestyle interests and how can you build a community around that that's amazing yes Uh, yeah and you know that brings me my next question which honestly is just something i'm super curious about especially with business right everyone's always talking about metrics and the importance of Mm -hmm. measuring things and making sure that you are actually on track or like you know you're not just assuming things without the numbers to back it up right so how do you measure something like community engagement, right? What kind of statistics do you monitor, Margarita, as an expert in this field uh, when you're measuring something like community? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. So um, community engagement metrics, first of all, um, vary a lot of based on where the community is hosted and mm-hmm. also um, based on what is the context of a specific community and what is the why behind the community. Um, and it also depends on what community managers or builders want to track. So for example, some companies build communities as a complementary offer or as a complementary or added value and they have specific goals. For example, they want to build a feedback groups or they want to um, build an ambassador program. So this sort of communities are really 
tied to specific business goals or outcomes. So in that sense, the community metrics uh, and KPIs need to be very much tied to an um, a bigger picture of business goals and KPIs. For example, for an ambassador program or a feedback group, they really need to tie to, let's say, number of referrals or number of generated content that came from the ambassador group or in case of the feedback, um, how many people actually participated in a survey and what is the level of or what is the kind of reward and benefit that they get from it and what kind of outcome does it generate in, in terms of like improve, product improvement and so on. But there are also other kind of um, community. Um, for example, some companies are the community. So the business model is indeed a community itself. Um, so, for example, they um, offer uh, a paid space um, around a collective service, for example, a course or educational topics of any kind. Mm -hmm. And in this sense, where communities are like the business or the business is a community, important statistics are definitely number of interactions happening in that community space. For example, how many posts are posted, how much people react or respond to the input that is provided by community builder or manager, how confident do members feel about leading or starting the conversation themselves, and how this creates a cascade effect to other members. So, um, it's important to be on platforms where these metrics are visible or can be trackable. And if they're not um, trackable by default in the technical side of the platform, it's important that every company or every brand finds its own system to um, at least try to get an overview about those statistics or those um, numbers. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That was a lot of different types of statistics. So I'm sure there are definitely like even like two or three that people can take away. Like you said, it depends on which platform they're using. So that's awesome. And that brings me to the next point, which I wanted to ask you about, because I think this is something that I notice too sometimes. And it just kind of, you know, is the ebb and flow. And a lot of people chalk it up to the algorithms and stuff like social media designs. But like when you notice in these statistics that your engagement is dropping or like the statistics are not as good as they have been, how are you pre preventing user drop off in your communities that you're building for yourself or for your clients? Yeah, this is also a very important question. So first of all, I want to say that uh, community um, is a lot about building a whole culture. Um, so usually people come um, or join a community because they share a common interest or a common passion or a common identity. So um, the mindset around the community um, should somehow be different than the um, mindset that people have when it comes to sell or promote or you know very much traditional marketing strategy so community is really much about um building relationship and connections more than um transactions so in this sense um it's really important to understand um what does even mean um that for example the engagement decrease because we need to remind ourselves that people are human and they they might sometimes have more um sense of commitment or engagement for different kind of reasons and and so show up and be there um more frequently and there are sometimes where 
very organically. They're not able to be there and online. Um, but when we look at a community space in a more technical way and also more on a marketing driven um, approach, I think that when it comes to avoiding the drop off or preventing it, it's really important to um, create regular um, and consistent uh, content value and offer. So what wins is always consistency and um, and always giving opportunity to people to really participate and co-create the community culture altogether. I think that many communities have this top-down approach where, you know, like a community builders or there is um, a central figure in the community that is, um, and I don't mean necessarily the community builder because it's a very important role, um, but sometimes some communities are built around, let's say, a brand where there are a, there is a social media team or um, the founder and this people um, put a lot of effort in, you know, promoting or creating marketing material. And it's not much about the actual opportunities for the community members to come together. Mm -hmm. And so people feel like, okay, I don't need someone else to sell me another thing, or I don't want to be in a space where it's all about highlighting the value of uh, a product or a service. I really want to get out some support, some value. So I think that it's really important to vary the kind of content, but always focusing on the kind of value and um, something that people can really take away, a transformative aspect, but also this idea of collective experience, like people want to do things together and we need to give them more and more opportunities consistently to do this thing together and to co-create the community all together. Yeah, that's amazing what you said, um, especially about how people want to be able to create their own. So like if you're constantly the one creating, then it doesn't give space for the people in your community to feel like bold enough to step up and create their own content for the community. Exactly. Absolutely. So I always say that to my clients that um, the community, a community space always need a community builder, a community manager, um, like, you know, someone that, um, encourage and facilitate the connections because, um, a self-sustaining community is, um, the very latest and most advanced stage of a community. It's it, it, the most even like, you know, wished for, uh, by many community builders, but it's also a stage that, um, is there when the community has grown um, successfully and consistently uh, and organically. So at the beginning, it's really important that there are a couple of people that start conversations and lead um, the conversations and so on. But in some cases, um, this co like conversation builders, conversation starters tend to be a bit um, too much in there. So it's important to find this balance between be a conversation starter, but also someone who facilitates and helps other to step in um, and, you know, creating, for example, a lot of calls to interaction. So um, I can be a community builder or a community manager and um, share something, but then I need to really invite other people to share themselves. So not just dropping their content without any call to action or interaction. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that actually um, reminds me, like, if you have any um, good ones that you've seen off the top of your head, like, what are some good calls to interaction um, that are especially welcoming? Yeah, so I think that um, people really love to um, share their experience or their um, feelings about something. Um, And in this sense, I mean, for example, when communities are built around um, shared passion or common goals or common experiences, they do it because... Or like people come together because they want to feel like they're not alone. They want mm-hmm. to realize that there are other people like like them or out there that had a similar experience. So um, I think that it's really appealing for people to really see that they are not alone in something. So one call to interaction that usually has worked really well in my experience, both as a community uh, builder myself or as a community member, is when we are given the chance or we give the chance for people to really share. Share is everything. So, for example, if I post about, um, you know, I do a lot of business activism in my work as well. um, Mm -hmm. And I share about political um, topics and feminism. And most of the times when I uh, post this content, for example, on my Instagram, I always, always ask people about their opinions or what is their experience with either one situation or one um, experience. And this really um, makes space for people to feel safe enough. I mean, at least in my community, safety is also not always there, but ideally make them feel safe to share about um, their own experience and then one experience leads to the other one and another person will see it and will be called to reply or maybe will relate to something and will want to share so it's always important to be explicit um, in making this space for other people to really share awesome thank you so much and that brings me back to where we started because I know I was really curious about um, what you're doing now to grow your community. And I remember you mentioning that you're actually working on makeover for your business and just new offers. So I'd love to hear more about that. And if any of the offers are, you know, especially valuable for our listeners, I'm sure they would love to find out where they can get those. Absolutely. So um, when I started to um, shift my business from diversity and inclusion to community consulting, um, I was kind of like, um, I wasn't really sure that there was a good market for that. And it's funny enough, because after a few months I've started, I just saw community, everything uh, booming. And I was like, well, okay, this is a confirmation that this is the right space for me to be in. Um, So when um, I've recently really strengthened the... um, my mission statement on my website and now I really want to make it clearer and clearer for um, potential clients or people that are interested in my work that I specifically help grow um, their business through uh, community building strategies and I have just created um, a one-on-one community accelerator program for uh, brands, micro or solopreneurs or service providers as well 
who want to grow organically through community building and they want to find the best strategy to shift their brand into a community first space. And I help them assess their content com communication interaction funnels and strategies in order to shift their brand message, their brand voice into something that, as I mentioned before, feels relatable, feels um, a safer space for their audience to be in and then therefore to buy from. So I just rolled out this program and in terms of makeover, um, Fair Force today is uh, really focusing on, um, you know, like helping more and more entrepreneurs out there understanding and um, trusting the power and the magic of community building as a new it's like a whole shifting both in the way we do business and in the way we approach our audience and clients yeah awesome i'm super excited to check that out as well so as you guys just heard uh, margarita has an accelerator program program coming out uh, whether you're a small business or a larger brand um, go check it out at thisfairforce.com and Margarita, if they wanted to connect with you more personally and, you know, be welcomed into your world, what kind of social media or, you know, platform do you hang out on most? Yeah, so uh, my Instagram is basically my kingdom, <laughs> my business kingdom, I would say. <laughs> I'm very active on Instagram um, and you can find me at this fair force. Um, and otherwise, feel free to just drop me an email. I'm really a big fan of emails. So you can also contact me directly at hello at thisfairforce.com. Otherwise, if you feel more like professional or you'd like to hang out on LinkedIn, I'm also there. And I'm there as Margarita Sgorbisa, which is my surname. It's a bit difficult to um, maybe get. It's an Italian surname, <laughs> but uh, you can find it probably, I don't know, um, either in the podcast notes or you can also simply um, look at my website and you can find my full name there. So you can just find me and stalk me there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And yeah, we'll definitely put all of this in the podcast notes. And I'm definitely interested in seeing what you come out with more and connecting with you on Instagram as well. And it was just so amazing having you here. I love your energy. I can totally see it, like how energetic and passionate you are about this. And you're just like radiating when you're talking about this. So that's super awesome. And yeah, thank you for sharing all of these amazing tips and your genius with our community. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. I'm really, really uh, honored to be hosted. And I really am a big supporter of the work you are doing. And I can I ask a question or um, are we over time? <laughs> Oh, no, you can absolutely ask a question. Cool. Because <laughs> I really, I mean, I don't really like to talk a lot. I'm like, I really like having conversations or dialogue. So I was like, oh, my God, I actually just replied to a lot of questions. But now I really also want to hear from you. How is your experience with the community building process? Like, how do you feel about it, especially, you know, being yourself a brand and a business? So how are things going yeah, thank you so much for asking. So honestly, when we first started, um, so like I said, the newsletter and stuff, I think when I we first started building the newsletter, we probably had like 10 subscribers, right? Mm -hmm. So it was super small. Like, and that's what I'm saying is like, but those people were still super important because they were our first 10 members of the community, right? Yes. So now we might have like 
I think like over 1200 or something like that on our newsletter, but we really, really care about um, delivering like good content to them. And I've noticed that actually a difference is people actually respond to the newsletter. Like, um, and of course, um, Stephanie, who writes our newsletters and deserves a lot of credit for this as well, because she puts together really um, amazing content. So you can say she's kind of like our community manager and she, you know, has been able to get like really good value delivered to our audience that they actually feel prompted to respond. And what I've noticed is I remember the people that are, you know, really engaged in our community. So I tend to have conversations with them on email and stuff. So that's been really nice. And that's my favorite part about what we do at Ida is like connecting with like awesome women entrepreneurs like you. That's literally what I live for. Wow. Yeah, it's just like so special, right? When someone takes the time because people are so busy. So if someone takes the time to even like read your newsletter or listen to your podcast or, you know, interact with your Facebook group or whatever you may have, that says a lot because they're giving some of their attention to you. So I think it's up to you to deliver uh, more value to them. So yeah, it's just been a really special journey and I love the community we've built and I'm excited to see like what more we can do with it. That's amazing. I I really love everything you said and I, I also agree that this is the this is the best part of building a community because everyone starts um, small and then uh, when the community um, is built and developed through very like um, consistent values and um, a really genuine interest in bringing the people together, it really goes super fast. Like it starts slow, but then at some point it just gets super fast super like well and you just get so amazed by the power of the people because then it's in the end it's really like about people that want and crave spaces like this and so they refer to other people or they just get curious about it and they really feel like oh this is the space for me so it's really a very human um and connection driven kind of work and this is what makes me feel so passionate about and it feels so natural to me that I'm like oh my god I would spend my entire life building communities because it's the best feeling ever (laughs) I love that (laughs) so if you can spend your entire life doing something then you're definitely doing something right because that's something a lot of people are searching for is their like purpose and passion so super amazing that you found that and yeah I do I definitely believe I love what you said in there Um, it's all about people I just believe that's what like life or like whatever we're doing, these different milestones or career or building businesses, whether you're working a nine to five or, you know, having your own startup. It's really all about the people that make it up, I think. Totally. I totally agree. And I also think that, I mean, community is such a um, a multidimensional concept and idea. So there can be also many different I mean it it has a lot of diversity in itself this is um, also the reason why when I was working as a diversity and inclusion consultant I was a bit frustrated because the whole concept of of diversity was very much limited in the workplace I I understand it's super important topic but at some point it became such a like redundant um, practice and I was like well there there can be more than just telling you know like people that well having diversity is important and I was like sure it is but then through community I was really able to practice in a more embodied level this um this this concept of diversity and catalyzing and um 
you know, kind of scaling it and the experience with um, the nature of diversity within the community space was so um, different, was so bigger than it was like, yes, this is definitely one of the best way for me, at least, to catalyze the importance of collectiveness and diversity and inclusion and social justice and so on. That's amazing. And I feel like because of your background, um, I think we could have a whole other conversation about diversity and inclusion. Super important topic that you bring up. And I totally agree. I think it's like a lot of times, um, especially nowadays, like companies are really trying. So that's amazing props to them. But some, sometimes it can be performative, right? So, yeah. um, you know, like how many times do you have a conversation in a boardroom about diversity, but you're not actually doing something about it? So I think it's super awesome that you went and did something about it. Um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing everything, Marvita. It was such a pleasure having you on here. And I definitely want to continue our conversation off the podcast later. Um, and I'm sure our listeners want to as well. And yeah, did you have any final thoughts, uh, just parting words of goodbye or anything that you didn't get to mention that you wanted to share as a one last takeaway? Mm -hmm. So first of all, I really want to take thank you again for having me. This was like super big pleasure. Uh, I always love to just get involved in other communities as well. And I think that if my final thoughts, it's that um, especially for business owners and um, brands, I really would love to see more of them um be more like you know experimental experimental with the community strategies and community approaches because i see still i see a lot of skepticism about the actual um, power of community building strategies and my invitation is to really and it's not you know i don't want to be patronizing (laughs) but like um you know it's kind of like i um sometimes when you're super inside a topic you really see how obvious it is and I feel like sometimes I'm the kind of person that you know why don't you see it it's so obvious and I don't want to do be this person either but I'm also like I really um would love to see more entrepreneurs start from um the power of community rather than jump into traditional um marketing or sales approach because I feel like that again even if it's a slow start or more organic start, it can really, really, really pay off very well. And I do believe that today's it's so important to try innovative approach. So really like going with things that we thought um, we would have never really thought that could work and then actually can work. So like just be audacious and um, try it out. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So that's our big takeaway of the episode. Um, after you listen to this, I would really recommend you go out and map your community strategy out and just try something. Even one of the things that Margarita mentioned today. And that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast as usual. And once again, thank you, Margarita, for joining us all the way from Italy. And really appreciate that. Thank you again. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Want to get a workbook detailing steps you can take for your business today? Our top three recommendations for tools and questions you must ask yourself as an entrepreneur? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot before submitting. Email the screenshot to contact at thinkida.com and we'll send you the workbook for free. Thank you for listening to the Ida Podcast. 
You can get more tips and resources and connect with us at Think Ida on Instagram. Until next time, ideate, decide, act.